And we're back! Welcome to the Prodigals Podcast, where we discuss all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. We discuss topics not normally preached on the pulpit or talked about during Bible studies. That is why we are here for you. It is our hope and our goal that through these discussions, people will be inspired to talk about issues that Christians go through in their daily walk with God. So without further ado, let's get to our discussion. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Prodigals Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and I'm joined by a special guest today as we are doing a segment of Guest Who. Uh, This my guest today is a very special friend of mine. Uh, we, um, I'll, I'll tell you later on about our experiences together. But uh, please welcome Moses Siwale. Hey, folks, we have a special guest today. We can't wait to share what they have to say. So settle in and grab your favorite snacks. Promise you this one will be a blast. Is it table talks? I don't think so. Let's get biblical, not quite. No, not cute one or stranger stories, but we guarantee you'll like it. It's guest who? Guest who? Guest who? Table talks? I don't think so. Let's get biblical, not quite. Guess you would name more strange stories, but we guarantee you like it. Guess you would name more strange stories, but we guarantee you like it. Welcome, Moses. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> Excited to be here. Excited to see you. So happy. And once again, congratulations for Joshua Alexander. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so let me just give a brief introduction on how we met. Uh, pretty much, I went to the Philippines. And I went to the Philippines to study in Adventist University of the Philippines in the College of Theology to get my theology degree. And when I was there, I think it was my first semester. Um, I noticed I noticed this guy walking around. Um, he's he, you can see he, he's uh, he's he's black, right? Um, but then I was like, "What the heck?" When I heard him talking, it was fully fluent Tagalog, fluent <laughs> Filipino. I was like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> so, um, and then later on, we just became friends. Um, good friends we fell into this the the same crew of people and um i'm not gonna say what we call ourselves (laughs) (laughs) but we're pretty much they're not ready but uh it's just we're we're a group of you know theology students who just like got along together and we did some projects together we went to some voice uh voice of youths together and we just got things done um it's just like a, a really well-oiled machine there was the organizers and there there were the musicians and there were preachers and um and yeah there were people who who got along well with other people so they would be the ones who are good at talking to strangers and yeah. And 
that's how you know the college of theology is how we met and we took many classes together although mm-hmm. i think you graduated um, yes. right at the year after me uh, because i had some classes ahead of you so um and you also wanted to take your time right like you didn't want to be stressed i was really stressed to try to finish in four years <laughs> uh, but yeah um it's really good to see you and hear you and talk to you and um we're gonna get into your job title and your position within the church right now because uh, you are a pastor you're a full-time uh, minister um so yeah and um i just want to ask you um who is Moses Siwale, uh, let, just give us a brief background and um, what you're doing, your passions, your interests, and what makes you, you. Thank you, Mark. And before we get into that, like it's amazing how our friendship and not only just us, also how other theologians, as you mentioned, are included, right? Like from some from Myanmar, others from like, uh, uh, China, China, Malaysia, Hong Kong, India. Hong Kong, yeah, yeah, and how our group expanded. Like, I really love that diversity amongst our group. And yeah, so, yeah, and uh, uh, actually, um, another another uh, thing that we bonded over was uh, Christian contemporary music, right? And, exactly. In uh, a world where that was frowned upon and that was viewed as you know, not godly, not heavenly. Um, we How about like the, the, fourth, the fourth beat being what? The, <laughs> <laughs> the second and fourth beat being demonic. Uh, we bonded over, you know, uh, Christian like worship. Right? worship. And then um, you were a part of the original Worship Circle crew. Uh, wow. So that was, a, that was another really crucial experience in college is just your people worshiping together, um, together. outside outside of the campus and, <laughs> and um that was really good and had to rush in within the night uh, before we get like into <laughs> before was that, like PM. infraction yeah, for what for worshiping outside <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah friday night. uh or yeah so what about the KFC experience, right? The best KFC experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just a really like for yeah the KFC experience. We just yeah, I just wanted to share. Uh, we were uh, there was a a really conservative student, and then we told him we were going to KFC for lunch, and then he's like, "Oh, you guys are the best. You guys are just the best Adventists around here." <laughs> <laughs> in a judgmental tone. <laughs> <laughs> so we just look at each other and we just yeah. laugh about it. <laughs> just, uh, um, yeah, it was really, really fun experiences. Um, yeah, that was really fun. Um, yeah, so let's just get back to you. Um, who are you? <laughs> what makes you so, you? What makes me me? So... Moses Siwale is the son of the man, the myth, the legend, Blandon Siwale <laughs> and Severina Siwale. Mm, so you're so, uh, half Filipino, right? So that's exactly. why you were. And then your and dad's from? Zambia. Zambia. 
So they met here in Greece and we were born and raised here in Greece. So, you know, like just to add about some few facts about me earlier, it's interesting that when I went to the Philippines, I wasn't like completely fluent in Tagalog. So what I did to enhance my, like my communication skills, okay, of course, we had to go through Filipino one, two, and three, right? But then after that, <laughs> that was one of the most interesting experiences ever. And, you know, like from, because when I went there, I knew already a few words of like Tagalog words. And then, you know, like going through those classes, I learned how to form sentences and how to communicate. But, mm-hmm. you know, the funny thing is, uh, uh, out of the classes, I would go to the cafeteria, I would go to the bal- balipago, and I would just try to practice, even though I didn't understand completely what they were telling me. And then, you know, wow. I was telling them in English, excuse me, or I'm sorry, can you translate that in, you know, like, can you please tell me that in, in English? And then, uh-huh. you know, like that kept on going and coming. And I give a lot of credit to my good friends back in the AUP store. I mean, one time, instead of saying, <laughs> Alika, like, Instead of saying Alika magsalit eh, mag uh, magusap tayo like let, let's talk I went there and, and said Alika like mag magsalita tayo <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah it's just like and, salita just means to speak so let's uh, it's, to speak. it's not me it doesn't mean let's talk to each other it just means let's so, randomly talk <laughs> Exactly just randomly randomly talk but then yeah going back to me Moses Siwale, son of Blanton Siwale and Severina Siwale. I'm the middle child amongst two sisters and Miriam and Irene. And at the moment, as mentioned earlier, I'm currently working as the youth director for the Greek mission and the youth pastor here in Greece since 2019. My interest... Mm. Like, as you may know, I have, uh, I'm a big fan of, you know, different kind of sports like table tennis, volleyball, basketball. But my main, my main sport is football or soccer as known like in the States. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like I'm a big fan also of the NBA. I'm even like at the moment currently following through what's going on in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, lately, yeah, I'm, yeah develop like big interest in calisthenics or should I use calisthenics, you know, like body movements. Oh, what? Really? And that, but you know, it's, it's, it's a long process. And at the same time, like trying to work out. So yeah, other interests that I have is those road trips to different lakes with my friends over here, hiking, nature walking, swimming and all mm. that. But one of my passions is what is you know like developing and adapting this habit of listening to the story becoming a listener rather than a talker so you know like I go to different friends I haven't seen in a long time and so I just want to listen what was their experience through COVID times or during COVID times has this experience taught you anything? So yeah, because there's a be- there's beauty in everyone's story, right? So that's mm-hmm. a habit I'm developing right now. Wow. Um, 
sadly you won't be able to practice that here because I'll be the one doing the listening <laughs> <and asking laughs> questions. You'll be the one talking. Um, but you can practice that with me later on when we finish the interview. Hopefully, <laughs> maybe. Um, yes. But yeah, it's uh, really great to know and to learn about you um, and who you are. And um, I just want to comment of how similar you sound to uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we, we all got that green accent. You really it's, sound like him. Every time every time I listen to his interviews, it's like, man, that's <laughs> that's, that's Moses. Right oh there. man. I need to work on that then. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh yeah, just uh we know more of who you are, but um can you just share a brief story of how you became a Jesus Jesus follower? So basically, you know, I was born inside the church and my yeah. whole life was surrounded within the church, primarily, you know, with a lot of do's and don'ts. Honestly, for me, like I became a Jesus follower when I arrived at a certain spiritual level, should I say, where I could understand for myself, like certain things that I was supposed to do and was not supposed to do. Like certain things that wouldn't give glory to God, right? Like, because mm -hmm. when you are younger, I mean, who doesn't like being liked by everyone? Yeah. And so talking about peer pressure, especially mm -hmm. as teenagers. But when I understood that it's not about like what other people like or being like, it's about, you know, what God wants from me and everything became clearer and that's who I wanted to follow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Um, yeah, it's just, um, it's like for some of us, it's just a matter of growing up in, in the church. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I heard a pastor once say that, you know, the testimony that you'd want is a boring testimony. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not saying that yours is a boring testimony, but I'm just saying that, you know, like it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story of how your parents were able to bring you up in the church in a way where, of course, you're going to have your rebellious nature. But exactly. um, for you to grow up in the church and stay in the church and find your faith within the church and while growing up in the church that's just a testimony of how your parents brought you up and the faith that they exemplified um that you were able to you know find jesus within the church because that's really really hard to do and i mm -hmm. i think that's like one of the more rarer forms of testimonies is the ones that oh yeah i grew up in the church and i found my faith in the church because i'd say that's rare because Let's say you grow up in the church. Not everyone becomes a f Jesus follower, even though they stay in church their whole life. Exactly. Right? Like not ev not everyone finds their testimony. Not everyone finds their testimony in the church, even though they're they they were in the church the whole time. Does they're in the church, but it doesn't mean that they were saved, 
right? Uh, that they have a saving relationship with Jesus. And so what I was talking about is that you don't need to go through drugs. You don't need to like go into those uh, join gangs and all those really dramatic stories for you to find Jesus. Uh, The more, the more beautiful, like the, it's also as beautiful as, you know, your parents raising you into a Jesus follower. And that's, that's a really beautiful story. And indeed, as you mentioned, like I owe a lot of credit to my parents. I mean, despite of this chastening, as we would call it today, right? Like, or the disciplining, I thank God that despite of all that, you know, I still remain in church because as pointed out, I could have rebelled, rebelled and just find my own way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that comes out to you, like that really comes out and that has you, like your respect for your parents already has come out in this interview where you said like, I am the son of Blandin and Severina. Like you've said that like two or three times already. And that's just really good to see like uh, your respect for your parents and your love for them. Um, yeah. Um, not, not a lot of people can say that. Right. It's, that's just beautiful. Um, so you said you're a pastor and uh, you you serve in the Greek mission as a as a youth director, um, which is already a big thing. But before that happened, um, it was in my understanding that uh, you served a mandatory stint in the Greek armed Greek military um, because Greece is one of the countries that has a mandatory exactly serving, like military, service right yeah. like um at least nine to 12 months right yes um yes. and so yeah tell us tell us about your overall experience because if i recall correctly you were given like you were given the choice by the church to be exempted Yes, right. If, you if were I telling wanted, me, but yeah, yeah. You, if you were telling me that, um, so you had the chance to skip it because of the nature of your work and the nature of your faith, I guess, and your re- religion. Um, but yeah, just include in that question, I guess. Uh, why did you choose to go through it anyways? And then tell us about your experience overall. Okay, regarding that question. Uh, I believe as Moses, it was my personal conviction that I had to go through that because, you know, before entering the full-time ministry, yeah, it was something that I I chose like to prepare myself with because even my father was telling me to, if there are ways to avoid it, like go for it. Because I've heard stories of uh, pastor also here in Greece that, uh, he, he he didn't go through it, so yeah. But I choose to go either to go either way, you know, just for my personal growth, for my spiritual journey, mm. for like to challenge myself before entering in the full time ministry. Mm. Now, so, when it comes to the to the experience, uh, it was a bittersweet experience, uh, but oh. of course, you're like. <laughs> You know, oh man, I'm taking the best of memories. However, you know, like, okay, from the first day of my arrival over there, I was among the first that arrived in in the base. 
And I remember it was six of us waiting. And so those six of us, we instantly became friends. And then throughout mm-hmm. the process of briefing, getting our uniform and, you know, wearing the boots, oh boy, those boots. It was oh, yeah. first time wearing <laughs> heavy boots. I was going down the stairs. I was like trying to keep my, <laughs> my, my balance. I mean, that's how heavy they were. Like I haven't worn. Those, they were heavier than you. Heavy, heavy boots. <laughs> I mean, it was interesting. And so later on, like when they took us to the chambers and one by one, mili- different military officers came over and started designated us into different sections. And so my military, like my officer came over and he designated me to my section. And so in my mind, I thought, ah, okay. That must be it then. So what I did, because, you know, once you put on the uniform, you cannot take out the uniform nor your boots until nighttime. And so oh. what I did, yeah, it was, it was heavy first day. It was interesting experience. But what I did since in my mind thinking that since my officer came over and then he designated me, then I am free. So what I did was I found a bed, you know, put my things and lay down over there. But the interesting among all that is that, you know, like officers kept going and coming, bro. Then I realized, okay, because when I was laying down, you know, I was just doing me, I was just relaxing. Then, you know, a quick snap. Oh, Moses, what are you doing? Like million, like officers (laughs) go and come. So I stood up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in a like how do you call it like in an attention stance, right? Like yeah. like that. And this officer comes in front of my face and starts screaming. He starts shouting in front of everyone. Mark, wow, I'll never oh, forget his, his special expre- expression. My first day, how could I mess this up? And he was like, Where do you think you are? Right? Like yeah. Yeah, yeah. is your feet on the bed? At your house, do you behave in that manner? And 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 you know me, like naturally, I have a smiling face, and I couldn't keep a poker face when <laughs> he was <laughs> he was shouting at me. So what yeah. happened was like I was trying, I was trying, you know, like uh, yeah, yeah, you're trying to keep my like my poker <laughs> face because he was scolding me, and then he he saw apparently he noticed my face. Are you laughing? Are you laughing? Do you find this funny? Like, no, sir. Okay, I'll remember you. Oh, boy, I never since, oh, you know, like, man. Um, and it was interesting. Good thing he was not in my in my section. But yeah. when, when he left, all of us started bursting into laughter. I mean, I haven't even, it wasn't even the first day. And I managed already to mess that impression up. So a uh, few people around the base, when they would see me, are you laughing? Are you laughing? They keep on telling me that experience. And so yeah. that, that, that happened during the day. Now, okay, in the evening, those first six, six of us, we had the privilege and the chance to meet the commander of the base first. And so when we stood in, in order, he came to see us one by one. And when he stood in front of me, he told me, oh, we have an Antetokounmpo here. 
Ash. See? See? Oh, it's not man. only me. <laughs> we have it's not only me, here. man. <laughs> we, we, know, we, we, we were laughing, bro. We were laughing about it. And so the commander uh, took us in one by one. And so when we had this one-on-one session, he asked me if there is anything that would concern me. And then I told him about the Sabbath, about my faith. And mm. I would like to be exempted from the services, from the trainings on the Sabbath and on the duties on Sabbath, which he respected. And I appreciated that. And then he instructed me to take this and tell it to my captain in my section. And so I transferred these words to my captain and my captain as well. I mean, of course, since it's the instruction, it's the command of the commander, he respected it and he noted it down in his agenda, bro. And other other fact about that is that my personal conviction as Moses was for me to not carry a weapon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And so most of my duties were something like a night guard and yeah. in the kitchen as a dishwasher. So it was a bittersweet experience. Imagine like uh, washing dishes for 800 people. Oh man. It was, yeah, it was a lot, but we were usually a team of six or, or, or eight. And so, mm-hmm. because I was most of the times over there, it was interesting. They keep on seeing me. They should, they should, you know, they, they should build a statue in your name. <laughs> Moses. <laughs> You're always here in the kitchen. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we have supervisors who would, uh, manage the whole place. And there was yeah. one female officer, military officer that we get to know each other. And she asked me about my faith. And later on, in front of everyone, she would call me father. <laughs> father. father Moses, like priest, Reverend Moses. Like calling me Moses or like Soldier Siwale, father, can you please come over? And everybody was going, <laughs> Why is she referring to him as, as, as a father? Is he a priest? Oh, yeah, and so uh, that's somehow, you know, like my my reputation scattered around the base as, you know, like as a theologian, as a pastor and father, father. So father it was, was, yeah, 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 yeah. And how do you call that? Like, ah, another interesting about that is that, you know, our base is half a mile away from the gate. Yeah, okay. So, Okay, so it was quite a walking distance going and coming every time we would go outside on our days off, on our day offs. And then what happened was I met people in, in the gate from different bases, from different like uh, military, yeah, and a different unit. And so when I got to know them, I appreciated that, okay, now every time you would see me in the gate, you would come, greet me, and then leave. I remember... Because, you know, we have to queue up for identification purposes, right? Yeah. But, you know, once you see me, you, you just live like, <laughs> like thin air. Oh, I appreciated that. Yeah. So I enjoyed that uh, privilege, uh, should I say. So, yeah, yeah. Like, those are a few of the moments that I kept with me. Hmm. That's that's great to hear. And from the pictures that you were posting, I I, I was like, this guy's when I, when <laughs> yeah. you when you were going through it and you were able to post pictures while in in camp, right? And I was just like, yeah, wow, yeah, this guy yeah, seems yeah, yeah. like he's having fun. Um, 
But, but I, yeah. was, I was scared. Like, I was scared because I snuck my cell phone. I placed it inside my my socks. And the socks later on, I placed it inside my my shoes, inside my <laughs> my bag in case they would share a search. Because back <laughs> then, they said that it was not appropriate. It was prohibited. But oh, really? Then, and I carried, oh, like, man. a phone that had no camera. I had two phones. Oh, well, okay. So, misdirection. <laughs> But then my real phone with my camera was inside my socks, and yeah. Oh man, that that is so funny. But it's it's really ad- admirable that you went through with it because, um, like even though you were you had the potential to be exempted, um, that you wanted to go through it because you wanted to grow as a person, and also exactly. like just you know serving your country in that way is good, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really respectable uh, what you did and admirable. Um, but yeah, that's that seems like a good experience, and and I believe that God grew you through that. And from the from what you were telling me, um, hopefully that your presence there as a theologian, as a father, <laughs> as, a, as, a, <laughs> as a minister, uh, planted some seeds uh, in some people's hearts, right? Um, that they would later who knows later on like maybe your your influence played a part in uh, their potential salvation right yeah i i love the fact that you know when i went there when i arrived there mark i arrived there with the mentality to be ready that i would face racism right like Mm. But thank God, you know, when I went there throughout the eight months that I stayed there, not even a single like instance that it happened because, you know, I, I, what I took away with me over there is that people love the different, you know, I appreciated that they valued me for who I was rather than the color of my, of my skin. Obviously, I'll never yeah. forget like the the words of one of the officers when I was about to leave, when I was doing my clearance over there. He told me, now that you are leaving, you know, it was nice having you this past eight months over here because, you know, you added color in, <laughs> you added color <laughs> in, in, in. <laughs> like literally in a metaphorical way. And mm. you added color over here. And, you know, like, uh, it's sad to see you go, but you know, I wish you the best. Those were the words of an officer, you know, but wow. however, like, yeah, yeah. Furthermore, like adding into that, I cannot go without mentioning as well as the challenge that I faced over there regarding the Sabbath. Ooh, you know, it was, uh, okay. It was during summer and my, I recall like my, graduation like was approaching my dismissal okay was approaching and so and at that period of moment uh, it was actually like during easter easter break and during easter break what happens is they divide the soldiers in two groups because you know like the first group will live the first seven days and the rest of the group will live the following seven days because you know if if everyone leaves then who will who remain to, to serve. And so mm. when that happened, what happened was the duties, of course, like the numbers doubled since, 
uh, half of the base left. And so every day, every day, it was, I had duties. It was a tiring experience and at the same time, it's really challenging. And so at that moment, you know, like I, I uttered a prayer. I mean, I know that this is challenging moments, God, but you know, like, where is this big challenge that, because I know that all of your children have to go through some kind of challenges. And so what happened was perhaps I asked too much from God, man, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, usually the duties come out on Friday regarding the following week. But for some reason, the duties on that day, it was Thursday, were already out on the board. And I noticed that my name was placed on the Sabbath day. And so, you know, like I took the, you know, like the, the paper and I mm-hmm. went to the office and I told them uh, there must be a mistake over here because, you know, I don't do uh, duties on Sabbath. And, you know, like that officer just looked at me in the face and he was like, you know, this expression is a Greek expression. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, that's... Mm-hmm. What we have, that's what can be done. I cannot do anything. And you know, like the interesting fact about this officer is that he was the lowest in the rank regarding this matter. I mean, imagine, because I pointed out that the commander knows about this. The, my captain knows about this. The first sergeant, when similar occasion happened, he took this paper and he went by himself in the duty, in the office of duties, and he changed and he put it on a different day. And now this lowest ranking officer looked at me and I can't do anything yeah. about it while he know that his superiors would have wrote it down in their notes. And there was like the secretary who even took out the note and showed it to him. He's right. The captain like instructed and wrote it down so he could have taken that and went to the office, but he did nothing about that Mm. so bro like i told him you know uh okay if nothing will change i am not going to do this duty even if i have to face the consequences and he looks at me really yes i was dead serious about my faith bro i was dead serious (laughs) and then you know like Mm. i i went back to my chambers and then you know like he came after me And he started asking me, why wouldn't I go to the duty first and then in the afternoon would go to the services? Because, you know, we had also afternoon programs in in the church. I was blessed enough to be assigned in a place where 30 minutes away was our church in Caterini, Northside. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Exactly. It was such a blessing experience. Every Sabbath in the mornings, I was out and attending the services, the church services. And so he he gave me that option. And I told him respectfully, I can't do that because at the moment you're telling me to compromise my faith and I don't play with my faith because when other similar occasion appears, you will tell me that I did that the other time. Like he started like filming, getting upset that he couldn't, he couldn't, how do you call it like, Accept the fact that a soldier would say no to his uh, superiority. 
Yeah. And so that went on and I went to my chambers. So as I was uh, going through my phone, he comes over and he used such a derogative language, Mark. Man, put your phone away before I everything up over here. So, oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I put my phone away and then, okay, your duty has changed. From Saturday, it went to Sunday. And I think, thank you so much. Thank you very much. But take note of this day, he told me. From <laughs> now onwards, I will be your worst nightmare. Oh, That's my what he gosh. told me. For real, bro. There were other soldiers inside the room and other soldiers like in the showers and heard that. He threatened me. And bro, that guy every day would put me to clean like the CR, bro, like the, the comfort oh, room. Man. man, it was a challenging yeah. experience. So it was, you know, like, what is this? Mm. And then like the captain got involved and it, there was a misunderstanding and the captain like respected me. And he clearly told me that, you know, like in, in a different manner, I would have taken your place, right? I would have taken your side. But because, you know, eventually I will leave and he'll have to deal with that kind of officer. So, you know, for, for like for uh, bureaucracy purposes, he's taking his side. But he was shouting in front of me, in front of everyone, to the point that he started spreading rumors about me inside the our section. And so oh, wow. upon the arrival of our uh, dismissal, you know, there is uh, this thing where according to how diligently you've worked, they will give you also days, days off. And so because I was diligent in the, in the kitchen, they promised me a honorary like leave. So instead of me leaving on, on 12, you know, like, I, I mean, I can leave earlier than that two weeks prior. And so when we were, mm -hmm. you know, arranging this, uh, these leaves inside the office one by one, what happened was he was also present, that officer. And a friend of mine came over and he, he gathered everyone. He, he gathered us in, in a circle. Man, I think we need to do something about this guy. Like, because, you know, like he said, give to everyone. He was the lowest ranking, even though my captain was present. Give everyone, but don't give Moses any honorary leaves. That's what he said. What? Exactly. Man, I was blackballed, bro. I was blackballed by him. So to cut the story short, this also reached up to the kitchen because they told me, you know, before you leave, come over and we will call uh, down your office, your section. <clears throat> and we will add more leaves according to the work that you've done. So I went there and then now the secretary calls down to my, to the section and okay, I'm calling on behalf of soldier Moses Siwale and I would like to request that you add more days in, in his honorary leave. That's how well, we, we call them, honorary leave. And then for some reason, it was him who answered the phone. I mean, we have also secretary. I mean, what kind of challenge is this, oh, bro? Man. And then he answered no. He said no, because soldier Moses Siwale is a troublemaker in our section. So, and he hangs up the phone to her. And so she hangs the phone and she looks at me. Like, did anything happen, like, in, in, you know, like, in your section? 
And I knew what happened then just to like to try to fish her out this, to make her to spill the tea. I was like, what happened in our section? Because he told me to not give you any leaves because you are a troublemaker. And you know, like, and she, she told me, you know, like in my mind, I was thinking, are we sure we are talking about the same Moses Siwale? And so, you know, like uh, another like first surgeon comes over and then, you know, what happened? Because most of the times I would spend my, my time in the kitchen instead of my section because I was assigned there because I, I was not carrying a gun. Mm. And so she goes on to tell him the story. Mark, I will never forget his words about planting the seeds that pointed at earlier. And so, so if this soldier pointing out, po- pointing at me, uh, doesn't get his honorary leaves, then no one in this base deserves to get honorary leaves. Wow. And I appreciated that. Exactly, bro. It was a testimony pointing at me. No one else, if I'm not taking, then no one else deserves. Then he called and, you know, like he pushed through it. So thank God I, I was able like to get everything that I was promised. So yeah, we, praise we, God, man. praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And we resolved the issue with that, with that officer, because I didn't want to leave, you know, with grudges in, you know, from the military. So we resolved the issue. It was a misunderstanding. And later on, I found out that his father passed away. And so maybe perhaps of that officer. So maybe like all these uh, feelings, mm. emotions, right? Like yeah. uh, caught up to him and perhaps he took it out on me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's tough, man. And um, I just want to say that good for you that you stuck with your convictions. Um, like, because that's all what that's all God calls us to, right? He gives us convictions. Exactly. He gives us, you know, the the um the knowledge of how to obey him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we can only stick to those convictions and we can you know like that's how you know we don't compromise our beliefs we don't compromise exactly um, but yeah like that's that's really good and um god worked it all out for you exactly the oh, then so then i prayed and thank the lord now i realize why i had to go through this challenge i mean it was too much <laughs> to bear but thank you for <laughs> for delivering me yeah. through it yeah and it's a really good experience right like it's it's a growing it's a growing phase in your life so but yeah like uh so you said you mentioned that you were uh the youth director in greek mission um how is that um, experience. Um, what I guess, like what what I want to ask is, what are some challenges that you see with the youth in your area? The few of the challenges that I've seen is the fact that you know all of us have different temperaments, right? Different characteristics, and you know as well as it's quite challenging to take out the, their best potential. Because, you know, uh, how do you call it, like how we say in Tagalog, mahiyain, like, you know, are quite uh, shy. But then, you know, it, it's it's interesting also that despite being that, 
they have their own ways of ministering. Another challenge mm-hmm. that, you know, I've seen is the fact that it's different like age groups and I'm still trying to find a way in balancing that because, you know, we can have the youngest as uh, 16 up to the eldest that is maybe 32. So you can see there like the difference of ages, right? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, another thing is the, the time schedule or the availability of, of the youth or, and the young adults, because, you know, like when work, work, college and school at the same time, because some of them attend also extracurricular uh, services like uh, classes because they're getting ready to give the board exams here in, in Greece. And so mm-hmm. even if I wanted to make some afternoon or, you know, like uh, programs like within, within the week, it's quite challenging because I can never know the availability of everyone. Like everyone has a different like time schedule. So those mm. are few of the challenges. And so in other words, the, in the meantime, the only ways that we can gather is on the Sabbaths and Sundays. And whenever there are holidays, then that's it. A great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like everyone's time is just, they exactly. just seem like everyone's mm-hmm. not on the same page or like um, time is not on everyone's side. Um, yeah. It isn't. Especially those going into college or just finishing college. Yeah. Right. And I find that, I yeah, I find that, you know, challenge here too. And I guess that's a universal challenge um, to, yeah, like for everyone to just, yeah, like how, how can we get, the young people to live out church the rest of the week. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That's exactly. That's definitely a challenge. Um, But yeah. Anything else? Any other challenges? But any other challenges? So in the meantime, those are among the few that, you know, like our greatest Right at the moment. Mm, okay. And another challenge is sometimes that, okay, we, even though we're in Athens, uh, we live in different like areas, right? And sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to decide a place where all of us can, you know, like can go and have some great time. It's always a challenge as well, because, you know, like there are uh, young people who live near the airport, which is almost an hour away from here. And so they have mm. to go through different subways and all that. So yeah, the the area. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, yeah, <laughs> that's difficult too, right? Um, not only are they crunched with time, it's just mm-hmm. they also like when they, when they have time, they live so far away that yeah, you know, it, it'll take time to get to where you are. Um, but yeah, that's that seems like uh you know like really challenging things. Um but let's focus on the more encouraging things. Uh what are you seeing? What are some encouragement encouraging signs that you see with the youth? Their personal growth. 
in terms of the initiatives that they are taking. And I really found that encouraging uh, the leadership skill set that some are portraying. Because, you know, like Mm -hmm. from time to time, I have to attend also some seminars or some meetings outside Athens. And so I really appreciate, you know, when there are few I've noticed that have these leadership attributes. So they step up and take charge. And that's really encouraging to see that because Mm. sometimes, you know, like how Moses was where he took everything on himself and, you know, Jethro had to tell him you need to delegate. And it's something that Mm. I'm right now after seeing that, I'm delegating now different uh, responsibilities or, you know, like missions to some of the young people and has thrilled and it's really encouraging. That's great. Um, yeah, that's, that's great when uh, the young people, you know, take the initiative and um, take ownership, I guess, of exactly. the ministry. Um, as a youth leader, that's like, that's gold right there. <laughs> it's like when, mm-hmm. when, uh, mm-hmm. when you don't, you, you're, you don't have to be the one to do the pulling. You don't have to pull everyone to just, uh, to, to get them to like, come on, let's get, let's do Bible study or come on, let's do, or like you, you don't have to keep put, pulling someone's like, Hey, can you do this? Can I trust yeah. you to do this? Or like, can you please? It's like, no, it's like, it's gold when someone just says like, Hey, like, what can I do? Or exactly. Like, like, let's do this. Or like, let's, you know, like even the fact of, even the idea of just giving out ideas, right? That's, that's big. That's big for a youth leader. That's big for a youth pastor. Uh, because that, that shows you that they want to do something. Right. So. And I keep on pointing that out, man. Even like the point of trying for me is enough. Just try, just try, just try. And yeah. everything need, I'll be here, I'll assist however I can. Mm-hmm. That's that, yeah, that's like, that's really encouraging that, um, that, that they've taken the initiative and they've taken ownership of, you know, their ministries and churches. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, but also what's exciting is I've seen that one of your bigger projects is starting a church for young people. And and I feel, and I think like Eunice, like our mutual friend also mentioned this in her interview, um, is that she's also involved in that, um, the new church that you're starting. Um, So how is that going? You know, the process is smooth, okay, uh, you know, the division president, Trans-European division president came over and he prayed over us, like dedicated us for this project. And then he, you know, like he, he instructed me, like he told me I should get the youth director's division to come over here because, you know, I, I, I don't know what did he see, like what the president, what the president see. But then you should tell tell Dayan to come mm-hmm. to come over here immediately. So yeah, that's like so. 
even though sometimes the, we cannot see, for example, the fruit of our own labor, but you know, it's, it's always encouraging when external factors appreciate the work that we have put for God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what are some challenges that you've faced in that? <laughs> like any, any, cause any, uh, <laughs> 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 any, uh, negative reactions from other churches oh, yeah. okay, or I mean, from the older generations or, uh, I, I shouldn't be laughing about <laughs> this, <laughs> but anyways, okay. If I may say, it was expected that, you know, it was, yeah. This, there would be some challenges. The biggest mm. challenge that I'm facing right now is the acceptance of this project. Yeah. Because the truth is, some people cannot comprehend, like, the idea of a youth church in a community. Mm-hmm. And they present it in such a fashion like that the Greek mission is stealing their children. Come on, mm-hmm. man. And it's For not, uh, um, just to be clear, it's accepted by administration, right? Exactly. By by the mission, but it's, re- it's being rejected by the local, the local church. A local church. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in my mind, I, can, I cannot fathom the idea how come like this uh, global mission project right because I am right now I'm under the frame of the global mission project as a church planter like this Mm -hmm. project is accepted by the division by the mission and then like some people going around and portraying this as stealing you know like stealing their, their children because in reality, mm. if you know, if you count down like the membership of supposedly those stealing, if I may say, it's four to five young people that are mm. not young people anymore. They're young adults, yeah. actually. So, yeah, I think the misconception about the term of youth, youth, youth is maybe they've seen that, that we will never grow or, you know, we're still perhaps children in their eyes. Yeah. And so... So this is more about a church for young adults, really? Like, actually, like, it's, yeah, youth slash young adults. Because, yeah, one of the challenges is the different ranges of ages. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's trying to find the balance where, like, the, commun- the communication or the message is... Uh, understandable by everyone. Yeah. And I mean, for you yeah. to, to give an example, like last month, the month of April, it was a busy in terms of service. In terms of service, it was a busy and a blessing month for our venue because uh, we, how do you call it? We scheduled it in such a way where Every other Sabbath, we would go and we would visit different churches, several churches, and we would handle the worship. Like uh, Eunice and her team would prepare songs and they would go there and sing. And, you know, people were blessed. Glory to God for that. 
and keep on asking us to like to come back and to come back. And you know, on the other hand, some people, okay, coincidentally, like start going around calling people and asking them or telling them or how come they go to those churches but can't come to us? I mean, is mm, this like, like is, um like they can't on a regular Saturday they can't go to the church, but they're willing to go to your church anytime. Sense, that, that yeah, kind of sense, like that, like sentimentality. How, like go, yeah, from from our church to go to to visit other churches, but can't go regularly. For example, to a particular their, to that particular church, their home church, to their home, their church. home church. Yeah, I mean that says something more against their church right exactly (laughs) like what are you doing to reach them like what is causing them to you know not go to your church and then willingly go to another one which is also an adventist one it's not like they're going on a sun like you know (laughs) uh, it's not like they're going to a sunday church or like uh you know a different denomination or let's say let's even say they're not going to a seventh day baptist church it's still seven like an adventist church that's the thing but they can't see that picture and for some reason like for me for me i mean i would be happy knowing that my children are attending on a regular basis on a church exactly rather than matter what outside yeah doesn't matter what church it is as long as you know exactly my, my child finds belongingness in that church i'll be happy and such comments really like i mean did and do bother me because imagine oh man some i of, can picture i can picture you. <laughs> some like but then i'm i'm you some of these comments <laughs> bro like for you to imagine okay this issue reached to one of our summer camp donors who lives oh, wow. in the states he's from the states and for oh, some what? reason like this issue reached to his ears that he had to ask me about it so you see the bigger picture here like if there was an yeah. issue about it, why wouldn't they just these people come to me and ask me to to resolve it why would they like you know talk to other people about it? Mm-hmm. Like the Jesus yeah. principle, right? The Matthew eighteen. Well, where is that? Mm-hmm. If you have an issue, yeah. <laughs> and why are they getting a donor involved? Like a donor exactly. is a. If you're a donor, you're gonna give money, you no, know, like from the goodness of your heart, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. But anyways, I hope you're anyways, anyways, anyways. (laughs) So so how have you dealt with you know these negative reactions? Uh, honestly, I you know I share them with uh, the mission of the like the president of the mission. Mm -hmm. And at the same time I'm sharing them with the youth director. And you know, both of them have uh, encourage me to not keep this like within me. So at the moment, you know, I'm trying, like I'm looking, I'm searching for the proper day to approach and to 
resolve this issue because definitely I can't do this on on the Sabbath. Definitely, I can't do this on, on, on a Sabbath day to resolve this issue because Mark, mm. okay, you know me, some of you guys know me, you know, like I cannot, I cannot stand like, you know, like greeting each other, happy Sabbath, but then knowing that behind me, you are saying this and this and this about yeah. me. Yeah. So, yeah, because I, I can't stand that. And so as That's most a biblical, that, it's a biblical principle too, right? Like to deal with your problems before going to worship. Yes. Yes. So yeah, like I've distanced my myself and from this particular like group of people until the point that arrived that I can resolve it within myself first to be careful, like to reflect upon it and how will I approach the issue regarding this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that's tough, bro. So you're, yeah, it's good that, you know, you're keeping your superiors uh, informed. Yes, and, yes. Um, you're communicating with them and that you're just not, you're not just keeping everything inside, you know, mm-hmm. that's, it's like, that's how resentment, you know, sets, sets in, you know, the sinful resentment, right? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, just... I'm praying for you, man. Thank you, bro. <laughs> no. Prayers really, really needed and appreciated. You, bro. Yeah, because this is potentially a really great project, right? Like to reach the young adults who don't, who haven't gone to church in a while, or who don't regularly go to church, and even even if they go to church, they don't have community within that church, so they don't have anyone to talk to about their, you know, like their experiences or uh, what they're going through, their struggles. Um, like because of the way that you know traditional churches have uh, conducted themselves, For real. Um, younger people who want to be vulnerable and who want to share their experiences don't have the avenues to share those experiences and to share those struggles. And so this might this can potentially be a really powerful um, place where people can be vulnerable with each other and where you know people who have not had that community with their own churches finally find that community and be honest with each other of where they're at spiritually rather than saying ah, i'm okay bless you know i am blessed too blessed to be stressed it's sabbath <laughs> happy sabbath uh, but then you you never know inside what they're going through like yes yeah so Keep it up, man. Um, I'm, I'll be praying for you. Um, but what do you find? So, what do you find more, like, in, what do you find enjoyable about this whole process, bro? The support that I've received is outweighs right the circumstances. I mean, I've been receiving support, you know, from the mission president from the uh, imagine like from the division president from the youth director and so this is mm-hmm. really encouraging knowing that the uh, higher higher ups have my back so then That's you know great. i can continue i can continue doing what i do with god's with god's strength right and yeah. what i find enjoyable is going back to what you mentioned because before I started, um, before we started this project, 
I laid everything down and few of the values that as our ground rules is no judgment within our group. There's no judgment and acceptance, acceptance and validation of feelings of one another. Because mm-hmm. yeah, we all go through different stuff in our lives because some that might be easy to resolve for me might be hard for someone else. And we have to accept that, accept them, you know, like, because we're not gonna, uh, let's say, same journey of faith. All of us, you know, like experience yeah. faith differently. Yeah. So, yeah. And I pointed, the one that you pointed out earlier about young adults, what I enjoy about this process is, you know, I've seen, I mean, we have two regular visitors, regular visitors uh, outside, you know, like the community who are joining us. And, you know, mm-hmm. that it's really encouraging. And I, I praise God for that. And as well as, you know, my, some of my old friends, good friends that have left church mm. now are attending like this, this group, this community. And wow. I praise God for that. Yes. It's the little seeds. It's the influence. It's all about me, you know, like the relationships. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you can, you know, that's all you can, um, emphasize uh, aside from the gospel you know the gospel mm-hmm. is first and foremost Jesus's death sacrifice um, and resurrection and the hope that he gives us uh, in his second coming is first and foremost but also re- that's like vertical relationship right a relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus but also horizontal relationship with each other with each other um, and that's like really, really, really good to emphasize. And it, it's great to hear that, you know, that's what you're pushing because, you know, that's what makes it, you know, that's what makes a church, church relationship. Church, enjoyable. Like, yeah, it's our connection with God and then our connection with people because, you know, like we love because he first loved us. Exactly. And, um, I think like the moment people prioritize other things over relationship is the danger point really in a church. Like you put doctrines over relationship. Doctrines are really important, but once you put that over a relationship, that's when you stop being loving to others. That's when you start judging each other. That's when you start gossiping that they're not, you know, like following the Sabbath or whatever, because you put doctrines over relationship. But when you put relationship over everything else, then like, you're gonna see like, how can I love this brother despite them, you know, going, you know, the way that, you know, might not be the way that God wants them to live. Right. So Mm -hmm. the way the the Mm -hmm. point, the moment that a church, you know, prioritizes something over relationships is when that church has started going away from what God has called them to. And unfortunately, that's the trap that we've seen in a lot of churches, right? Like prioritizing programs or, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and so many stuff, for example, that sometimes we forget, is it, is it, is this what really God wants? Like in terms of communicating or reaching out to people or is just, just to fill in our 
uh, agendas just to say that mm -hmm. we did something. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad that, you know, relationships is one of the things you enjoy. So yes. that's the things that you emphasize. And that's great because that's like the most fundamental thing that a church needs to be. Right. Um, so let's go back to you. <laughs> I could just, and, um, okay. So our listeners, like for our listeners, I'm not just, you know, here asking him like, you know, any other aunties or Tita. <laughs> uh, Moses has wanted to talk about you know singleness and um, where he's at in life. So, um, yeah, how has how how's your experience being a pastor and being in the ministry and um, single? Man, it's it's challenging. It's sometimes it becomes sad. It, it, it gets lonely, mm -hmm. right? Especially now yeah. that, you know, like I, I, I moved by myself, right? And, you know. Like, so that's your, that's your own yeah, place yeah, now, yeah, yeah. like that I'm seeing. This is my own place. Wow. And, you know, it's interesting how when uh, titas, titos heard about that, <laughs> you know, everyone, oh, nasaan na? Nasaan na? You know, some of them are oh, were yeah. telling me, I'm waiting for an invitation. Oh, come over. My house is open anytime. Not that kind of invitation. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Not that kind. You know what I mean? An invitation to my wedding. Oh my. You know what I mean. You know what they mean. <gasps> Bro, and it gets so yeah. pressuring sometimes. And yeah, I don't really appreciate that. But then, you know, as, as uh, something that one of, should I say, one of my regrets, because in the Philippines, I had, I had plenty of chances. I'll be honest about that, that like to find someone over there. However, what kept me uh, from pursuing uh, that relationship at the moment was the fact that you know, in my mind, I always knew that I was going to go back to Greece. Mm -hmm. And though, and so, uh, I, I was afraid, like perhaps to, no, I was, I, I was afraid to ask her to move over if move over or to see how would this relationship would go. And so I never, my regret is that I never gave her the chance to decide for herself if she would want to, mm. to move over in Greece at some point yeah. or cause yeah, that's, you never had the conversation, I never had that, that kind of conversation. So the, what if, what if, if I had told her to come, to come over, I, I'll never know that I'll never know. Mm -hmm. And so ever since, yeah. I've been wrestling to in my mind. So what if? And okay, I'll be I'll be honest with you. Uh, I have a lot of friends. I mean, and I have as well as female friends, female friends, 
And one of yeah. my phobia is that uh, I feel like I will never, according to my female friends, no one will ever be too good to <laughs> to be my to be my should I say my partner? One of my one of my phobias because I had I had an experience. <laughs> yeah, one of my good friends okay. like criticize criticize one of my <laughs> one of my ex. To the point that why did why didn't I I let her know that you know I was in a relationship exactly for this reason for you for her not to be criticized. <laughs> <laughs> so you understand where I'm where I'm going at that maybe oh man, but yeah 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 that was one of my phobias. But I have I have to go through to face that eventually. Hmm. I mean. Regrets in life, you know, they're, I think we can either let them fuel our, fuel, fewer our feeling of being failure, or we we can either use it to, as a learning experience, right? Um, so, you know, like when people say, I have no regrets, like that's, that's a lie. Like we all have regrets. We all run through life where it was like, oh, I, I should have done that better. Or if only I did this and then my life would look so, di- so different right now. Yeah. Like we, we can just learn from them. Right. And so, yeah, next time, you know, like I know that you learned, like I know you're a smart man. I know you're a wise man. So I know that you have learned the value of communication of and like, Next time there's next time that there's a a lady like you'd prioritize having a conversation rather than making that decision yourself. Myself, right? exactly. Um Yeah. So it's a learning experience. It was a tough learning um, experience. But we also have a you know duty as a church to handle singleness better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um to not not like we've sort of idolized we have sort of idolized marriage to a point where we say that singleness is less than the ideal right exactly um, when that shouldn't be the case like or even like we view singleness as like as just a stepping stone or like just as a journey towards marriage, um, but that's not the case for other people, not, right? Yeah. Like, if if we keep if we keep portraying that image as a church, what are we telling people who can't find anyone, or like people who have been called to singleness by God, um, that what they're living less than what the biblical idea is? No, that's like Paul even said it if. You know, Apostle Paul, yes, like if exactly. it was up to me, everyone would be single. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, that's his prefer- that's his preference because he knew that, you know, he knew that there are. He knew that there are, you know, pros like there mm-hmm. are, um, mm-hmm. you know, benefits within the church of being single in the ministry. Um, I'm not saying like I feel like, you know, I feel like. I'm not saying that you'll you'll stay single forever, Moses, but I I feel like you will find that someone. I don't 
think that God, you know, I, I, my view on singleness is that I don't think that God gives you the desire to find someone if he doesn't have that someone with for you, you. right? If, if he wanted you to live the single life, I think, um, you know, people just, the gift of singleness is rare. It's rare. Indeed. Right? Indeed. It's, it's really rare. Um, you, so with not everyone has that gift, and I don't think you have that gift. Um, so I believe, I'm not going to say I'm prophesying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a prophet. Um, but I believe that you will find that someone. But in the meantime, Titos, Titas, please, you know, churches, elders, brothers, sisters, please leave the single people alone. Please, please, guys, please. Please. And honestly, I mean, this whole process of, let's say, this phase of singleness uh, has taught me a lot about myself. And, you know, like how as well to be a better communicator and what are my, my -hmm. boundaries? Like, yeah. In the meantime that I've been staying by myself uh, for almost uh, seven months. And I appreciate this, you know, like Mm -hmm. this, this process because every day I'm trying to get every single day as a personal reflection. What can, like, what do I learn? What am I learning about myself? Because, you know, like in preparation for, you know, like the, for marriage, you never know, you never know. Because if I cannot take care of myself, this is my principle. How am I supposed to take care of my, my wife? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I believe that God is growing you in this season and growing that that someone else in this season and so that there will be a time there will be a time when you meet each other hopefully soon Uh, oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) you can we can only ask only exactly exactly but yeah just the church needs to treat singleness yeah with respect in a better way way. and yeah like don't just have a singleness single awareness you know sabbath single sabbath no that's not that's not that's not the thing it's and don't even like treat the single singles ministry as a way to you know to get everyone partnered up it's like no it's like you know like they're people too and they're they're going through singleness is like oh, just one other problems. Like they have other problems too. So, um, we need to treat singles as you know the same tier as married marriage. It's like it's it's really what God ha- what has God called us to? Has He called us to marriage or has He called us to singleness? They're in the same tier. They're in the same tier. Because it, it's really unfair like to judge other people according to our own standards, right? Like according to how we see them or view them or deem them, you know, like suitable with that, that person or that person within the church. Not knowing that sometimes even 
that person just because you know they're they're within the church doesn't mean that they won't be for example if i may say like abusive or you never know just because you know under the scope of being this of the same faith that's such a big crap mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's it's wise words that you've uh you've shared with us um so so any any other so do you have any words of wisdom or encouragements to others who feel the call to ministry uh, you know it's 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 a learning experience as pointed out and no one ever said that it was going to be easy you know ministry has its ups and downs but you know we you know mm-hmm. as 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 also like Paul instructed us, we need to train ourselves to always look at the bright side, right? Like Philippians 4.8. Yeah. Because, yeah, because sometimes when we set expectations for ourselves, it's it's very easy. We can just lay away from, from ministry. Uh, something that I personally, you know, like uh, I'm taking down in general with me and I apply and I try to apply is to learn to slow everything down. Now, because we live in a mm. fast-paced society, just take your time yeah. learn to slow everything down. Like reflect, mm-hmm. what is God crying to tell you? What is God trying to tell me in this process? Because, you know, we pointed out earlier, everyone's journey of faith and experience is different. We can never, I mean, we should never discredit someone else's feelings or someone else's experience just because it doesn't feel real to us. If that's how they felt, respect that. And, you know, like we need to learn to take time to listen, practice the skill set of active listening. Because, you know, in the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's better to lose the dialogue rather to lose a person going back to the relationship. Right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, when we, that's a really good point. When, we, when our ego or pride is being, you know, like bombarded, you know, we, we find ways, you know, also to attack back, but no, mm-hmm. I mean, take a step back. Okay. Allow yourself to lose that dialogue rather than losing the person because you know what mm. our tongue there's a saying the tongue has no bones, but it can crush bones. In in in, in wow. Greek, in Greek, yeah, there's a saying, the tongue has yeah. That's and so that's powerful, man. And then going back to the honesty, be honest with yourself. Mark, lately, in general, when uh, young people ask me different questions, I'm transparent. I'm honest with them, telling them. I don't know. I don't have the answer to your question. And, you know, allow me to search it up and I will come back at you. You know, there's nothing wrong in saying that you don't know. Instead of portraying, you know, this image of a pastor that knows everything. What happens when instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, like you, you, you tell stuff that doesn't actually make sense. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so imagine that, like, nakakahiya. 
if like that, and then they will say that because it was Pastor Moses that said that. So you know, like oh man, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong in saying, I don't know, I don't have the answer. And last but not the least is setting the boundaries, setting your personal boundaries, and how to say no. It's a learning experience, and I've heard uh, from quite some few young people that they still don't know how to say no. But for me, I'm learning and getting comfortable in saying respectfully, no. Mm. I feel like that's I feel like that's always been your strength boundaries. I remember. Um, I remember when people would ask us last minute, like, let's say an hour before, like, can you say this? Or like, can you preach devotional? And it's not healthy for us to do that, right? I'm stressed. I'm stressed. Like, yeah. Like we need to, of course, there will be the time when, you know, we really need to be, you know, you know, like, like Peter. Like Peter, always be ready. Right? He was, he was moved by the spirit to preach a sermon, but here, it's not a case of the Holy Spirit needing us. It's just you've failed to prepare. And we are like, you've put put us in a corner of be like saying yes or no. Yeah. And then like putting us in a corner where we're unprepared. So, and then we might say things that are not true. And so I've always, I've, I've always like admired that in you to be able to say, Look, you need to get you. I'm not going to do it because I need more time to do it. And I don't feel like God will, God, um, will be up, you know, will optimally use me. I can be optimally used if I have no time to prepare. Um, so I've learned that from you actually, um, to have a boundaries of saying, look, man, like, you need to give me <laughs> full of time uh, because, you know, just because that we're theology students or just because we're pastors, it doesn't mean that we're gifted in um, preaching or we're gifted in like on the spot, you know, speaking. It's like, that's not my, like, I know that that's not my skill. That's not my gift. Like my gift is music. My gift is knowledge. My gift is, you know, leadership, but preaching is not my gift. I know that personally for myself. And so, you know, like, don't just ask me to preach a sermon like the night before. (laughs) um, But yeah, that's, that's boundaries. As you were saying, boundaries is really important. Man, all those experiences, like those last minute preparation. Wow. (laughs) Wow. It's like you failed to prepare. Like, don't put me on this spot. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, once you practice personal boundaries, you know that's a next level of growth. You know, with yourself and with God. Because yeah, mm. like it's uh, this past week we had a seminar on uh, pastors being competent, competency. Okay, in leadership as well. And so uh-huh. the end goal should be about being and not about doing. Because, yeah, we need to learn, like, to be, 
you know, ourselves with God first rather than just being and, and doing what needs to be done just because it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Wow. It, 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 it really uh, yeah. blessed me to be, to be honest. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, before we end, anything else that you want to share? Any words of encouragement? Like where, what, you know, like where can people follow you on Instagram and Twitter? Um, anything else that you, you want to put out there? Like your YouTube ministry or like anything that people want to follow? Uh, how can people get in touch with you and all My that? My Instagram is Momo Siwale, M-O-M-O. Siwale, you can follow me there, and you know, actually, like I, I share how do you call it, like lots of ranges of uh, posts or feeds. What I find interesting, I I just share them, because yeah, just because you know, like we, we we're okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know how this may sound, but just because you know, like I'm 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 a, I'm a preacher, and of course, it's part of my you know, like of my calling is of of course to. Uh, feed the flock, right? But at the same time, you know, I want to be like a range or wide, wide range of feeds, you know, something encouraging, mm-hmm. something about sports, something, something funny. Because yeah, mm-hmm. I've been also like, uh, commented about some of the things that, that I post, but it's, it's me, mm-hmm. it's me being real me. It's me being a human being. And yeah, yeah. don't be, I can <laughs> like people should not be afraid of being vulnerable because there is beauty mm-hmm. in vulnerability, you know, because like trying mm-hmm. to put up this frame of being a perfect person. No, everything, you know, just going to crumble down at some point. Yeah. Be you, be you in God's presence. Like, you know, <laughs> something that I, 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 I admire about the last book or I mean the last chapter of, John, he says that like Jesus yeah. <laughs> did a lot of things that the whole entire book is not like the, how do you call it? It's not, it can, cannot be, cannot explain, cannot be explained of what yeah, it is. Cannot be written. It cannot be written. Yeah. So, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. John just got lazy writing. <laughs> man, <laughs> John, oh man. I always, I always make fun of John because... Um, so he said that about Jesus. Like, there's so many things that you know, like, you know, this book cannot contain. And then, like, his other epistles, like First, Second, and Third John, like, he would always write, like, I would write to you, but I'd rather say it in person. <laughs> so it's just, really, <laughs> it's just like really lazy at writing, lazy at writing. So um, I, I'm know, just joking. I love as well the point that about the resurrection. When John, how could he write that, you know, like about that Peter was running and the other apostles also like <laughs> surpassing to go to, to reach the tomb first? <laughs> I mean, and the other apostle reached the tomb first. Reached the tomb oh, first. Man, like, how could he write about, about himself? Savage. I mean, because he was John the Beloved, but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's just a dig at Peter. On your left, on your left, like like the pastor, uh, <laughs> Sam Wilson, on your left. Oh man, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, um, I just want to say thank you again for joining me in this episode and for sharing, you know, the the words of wisdom that God has given you uh, to our listeners, uh, sharing your experience with the military. That's that's really a unique experience that I really wanted to highlight and. Um, 
And uh, yeah, just uh, we'll be praying for your church uh, that you're planting, and you play, praying. I'm always praying for your ministry. Um, always praying for the memes that you post up. Um, <laughs> May they reach. Yes, like, like I really appreciate. The son it. of man didn't. Son of man didn't come to serve, but not come uh, doesn't didn't come to be served, but to serve. Not to serve. Uh, and then he's like dancing. He's like break dancing. <laughs> 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 we, we had uh, the best moments, Merlin Monroe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Merlin Monroe. Yeah, it's just uh, oh. so funny. Uh, but yeah, thank you for yeah, just sharing your wisdom and your journey as a person, as a pastor, as a youth director, and we hope you all, you, you we pray and we hope you all the best in your ministry and hopefully you can do th- we can do this again and in another episode we can discuss any other thing that you want to discuss um so yeah like we want to thank you and we'll uh, include your your contacts your uh instagram your uh twitter on our show notes so people can follow you and uh we hope to have you back again next time thank you so much really appreciate the company this interview that these encouraging words prayers really really appreciate it well folks that's all we have for you this week we hope that you were blessed by our discussion let us know what you think send us a shout out on our socials at the handle at the prodigals project on facebook twitter and instagram if you like what you've been hearing please like and subscribe also leave a rating and review It'll go a long way in helping us out. Stay blessed and stay faithful. And join us again next week for another episode of The Prodigals Podcast.